0: Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Practical Parsha Podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. If you have any questions, comments, would like to reach out and say hello, I would love to hear your feedback. Please send me an email at Rabbi Shlomo kohn with a K at gmail.com. This week's Parsha is Parshas Vayetse. And a quick overview of the Parsha. The Torah tells us the story After Yaakov seemingly steals the brachos, the blessings from Esau, his life is in danger and he runs away from his parents' house to go to the land of Haran to live by his uncle Lavan. And on the way, the Torah tells us of a prophetic dream that Yaakov Avinu, that Jacob, has when he reaches Har HaMariah, Mount Moriah. And in the dream... The Torah tells us of a ladder that goes from the ground to the heaven, and there's angels coming up and down. And the commentaries explain the different significances of this special prophetic dream that Yaakov had. The Torah continues about telling us how Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, studies in the yeshiva of Shem Vever for 14 years, after which he meets Rachel. Rachel, his wife. Yaakov is deceived by Lavan, who is his uncle and his future father-in-law, who switches his daughter Leah in Rachel's place. Yaakov works for seven years and is tricked into marrying Leah, after which he works an additional seven years to gain rights to marry Rachel, the other daughter of Lavan, Laban. The Torah also tells us how Yaakov marries Bilah and Zilpa, the different children that is born to him, and the Parsha concludes with Yaakov, with Jacob, leaving Lavan, departing from him, and leaving Lavan, leaving Laban. The first idea, which I wanted to share with you today, focuses in on the first Pasuk of the Parsha, the first verse of this, of this Torah portion. The Torah reads as follows. Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'er Jacob departed from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And the, the commentaries ask, why is it necessary for the Torah to tell us that Yaakov left from Bersheva, where his parents lived, and went to Haran? Just say, Yaakov went to Haran. Tell us where he's going. When I say I'm going to the grocery store, I don't say I'm coming from my house and going to the grocery store. I just say where I'm going. What is the significance of the Torah pointing out where Yaakov is coming from? Rashi, who asks this question, answers as follows. He says, It teaches us, That when a righteous individual leaves a place, it makes an impact. Shabizman, Shat Sadik Beir, as long as the tzaddik is in the city, this righteous individual, ziva, Hu he has a certain sense of he's the glory of the city, the pride of the city. Panahoida, Panaziva, Panahadra. When he leaves this glory, this honor, this pride leaves with him. And what Rashi is pointing out to us is that the Torah tells us the reason why Yaakov Inu left from his town. It tells us that he's coming from Be'er Sheva. It teaches us a very important lesson. That when Yaakov left the city of Be'er Sheva, it made an impact, it made a difference. And the lesson that we can learn from this is the importance of living next to Torah scholars living next to Torah institutions. Because as long as a person lives in proximity of a Torah scholar, of a righteous individual, of an institution that studies Torah, there's a certain protection, there's a certain blessing, there's a certain um, greatness and honor that is bestowed upon that place. And when that individual leaves, or we don't live in that vicinity, we're lacking that blessing, that protection, that honor, that glory. And additionally, it really brings home the importance around being around righteous people, being around good people, being around individuals that will have a good influence upon us. And if you look at the previous Parshios, we know that the city of Sodom was destroyed because the people were evil. And the Torah tells us how Avramavinu Avinu prayed to God, beseeched Hashem to save the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And ultimately, the city was destroyed. But when the Torah describes the back and forth between Avramavinu, Avinu, Abraham, and God, he's negotiating that the city should be spared. Avramavinu Avinu says, if there's 50 righteous people, please spare the city. There wasn't 50. And it goes down to 40 and 30 and 20 until it's 10. And he says, if there's 10 righteous people, spear the city of Sodom. And ultimately, there was not 10 people that were righteous in those cities. The city had to be destroyed. Which leads us to infer that that if there would have been 10 righteous individuals in the city of Sodom, then it would have been saved, and it would have been destroyed. And it really brings us to this concept that the Torah protects us. People who study Torah in our area give us a certain level of protection. When we live in an an area in a proximity of a Torah institution, where they learn Torah, where people study Torah, we gain that blessing and gain that protection as well. So you might say to yourself, though, what if I live in a place where there is no synagogue, there's no yeshiva where they study Torah, there's no kolel where they have programs for people to come and learn. What should I do? How do I access that blessing and positive influence, that protection of the Torah, even if I live in some far-off place? Right there could, There's some of you out there Right now, they could be listening to this podcast in Africa. And I don't, you know, certain parts of Africa have yeshivas, certain parts don't, and it could be other countries as well. It could be in South America, um, even the United States. There's places where there aren't any Torah infrastructure, where people are studying actively. So the question is, what should you do? And my answer to you is that we have to realize That if we don't have that institution, we don't have that place of Torah scholarship, or we don't live around Torah scholars, we have to remember that we can be that Torah scholar. We can make our home into an institution of Torah study. And when we ourselves study Torah, when we make time to, to, to learn the word of Hashem, to know, to connect. We're, we're gaining access to the blessing of the Torah and as well as all the other benefits that come with it. And even additionally, aside from that, when we support Torah institutions and Torah scholars, we're also gaining access to the special blessings of the Torah and its protection. When we learn ourselves, we have to remember that we're able to change the world with us. The Mzil Sharm writes, that when we ourselves do a mitzvah, when we study Torah, we have the ability to uplift the entire world. And God forbid, if we do an Avera, if we sin, we bring down the whole world. That our actions can affect the entire world. And there's a theory, if you look it up online, it's called the butterfly effect. It goes as follows, that if a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere in in South America, that it has the ability to create a tsunami on the other side of the world that that flapping of the wings of that butterfly that little tiny butterfly builds up and builds up and builds up till that wind turns into this massive tsunami that could cause such destruction and in a good way when we study torah and do mitzvos we're also causing a spiritual butterfly effect and i believe for this week's Parsha, we're talking about the study of Torah and how the protection of Torah and the benefits of living around someone who's a Torah scholar, and that we have that ability as well, we have to realize ourselves the beauty of studying Torah, the effect that it has upon the world. A second part of this idea, which really ties into this first thought that I'm sharing with you, is that we know that Yaakov Avinu, that Jacob learned in the yeshiva, in the study halls of Shame and aver for 14 years. That in last week's Parsha, the sages make a calculation based on the different years that there's 14 years missing. And they explain that Yaakov, after leaving his parents' house, he stopped for 14 years to study Torah in the yeshiva of Shem and And Rashi tells us in last week's Parsha how Yaakov of Inu was punished measure for measure, that there was 22 years that his son Yosef, Joseph, Joseph, was separated from Yaakov, which corresponds to the twenty-two years that Yaakov did not fulfill the mitzvah of honoring his father being away. But the question is raised is that the amount of years that Yaakov was away from his father's house was more than twenty-two years. There's an extra fourteen years there. And the sages comment that those fourteen years are the 14 years that Jacob, that Yaakov spent learning in the yeshiva of Shem and Aver, the study halls of Shem and Aver, which he was not held accountable for that he did not fulfill the mitzvah of Kiber Avaim, because studying the Torah is paramount even to the mitzvah of Kiber HaVaim of, of honoring one's mother and father. Unfortunately, there is a major misconception when it comes to studying Torah and Jewish education as a whole that many people think that when it comes to learning, once it's past your bar mitzvah or it's past your bas mitzvah, you don't need to learn anymore. It's only for the rabbis at that point to go study, to learn. People unfortunately don't realize that studying Torah is a lifelong pursuit of every Jewish person. And if you really think about it, you know, there's Jewish people all over the world. What brings us together? There's Jews in North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia. What brings us together? We don't eat the same things, right? Some Jews eat gefilte fish. Some Jews eat lachma What binds us as a people? And if you want to say it's the state of Israel, we didn't have the state of Israel before 75 years ago. So what makes us into a nation? And the answer to that question is that what makes us into a people and what makes us into a nation is the Torah. The Torah binds us as a people, the Torah makes us into who we are and therefore it's incumbent upon us to study it. It's something which is not just for the rabbis, it's for each and every one of us to further our connection with Hashem, to further our connection with God, to keep it strong, to draw closer, to get inspiration, to get instruction, to get guidance in every aspect of our lives and it's a mindset I believe which we need to keep in the forefront of our mind when we live our life because when we do that we'll be more active to actually pursue that knowledge, to pursue that connection and that is something which we can see from this week's Parsha as well. A second idea which I wanted to share in this week's Parsha is regarding the story of the ladder of Jacob. The Torah tells us that when Jacob gets to Har HaMariah Mount Moriah, a sleep, a sleepiness comes upon him and he gathers 12 rocks, puts it around his head and falls asleep. And in his sleep, he prophesizes of a ladder that goes from the ground to the heavens with angels going up and down the ladder. And the commentaries give different explanations as to the significance of Yaakov's dream with the ladders and the angels. And I wanted to bring out a few of them which I think contain some very fundamental lessons that we can use. One explanation of the dream of Yaakov, of the prophetic dream of Jacob, is that the ladder alludes to Har-Sinai, to the Mount Sinai. And if you look at the numerical value of the word Sinai, it's the same as the Hebrew word for ladder, Sulam. Both have the numerical value of 130. And according to the Midrash, the ladder represents Sinai, which is another reference for the Torah. And the angels represent Moshe and Aaron, Moses and Aaron. So when you have this ladder that goes from earth to heaven, and the ladder represents the Torah, which is Harsinai, which is where the Torah was given, and the angels going up and down the ladder from heaven to earth represent Moshe and Aaron, the lesson here is teaching us that the connection from heaven to earth is through the Torah with the guidance of our sages. That if we want that connection to Hashem, we want that connection to spirituality, we have to follow the ladder. Follow the ladder and the angels that God has given us to help us, guide us, go on this correct path, which are the sages of each generation, who teach us the Torah and guide us on our every step. The Chavetz Chaim explains the ladder of Yaakov in a different way. He learns that when Yaakov saw the ladder going from going up to the heavens and the angels going up and down, it teaches us an important lesson. It symbolizes the situation of every person in this world, that we're all on a ladder. Either we go up or we go down. There's no staying in one place on a ladder. There's no plateauing in life. You know, We all have our challenges, we have our ups, we have our downs, but there's no plateauing. And the latter teaches us this very important idea. We only have two directions that we can go in, either up or down. Either we can be more disciplined and realize that when we face a challenge, it's an opportunity for us to grow and go up, or we can lose that ability, we can be overcome with the challenges of life and unfortunately fall. But when we look at life as a ladder, that a ladder gets us to a place we wanna get to, it gets us to that high spot, we have a new appreciation for the challenges that life gives us. That it's not just, I can't do it, it's a way that we get to the place we wanna be. You know, Sure, we're all human beings and we all do fall, but we have to remember we gotta keep climbing that even if we go down, we keep going back up, that we're fighting the good fight to keep climbing up the ladder. It is said in the name of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, a great master of Musser, that a person is similar to a bird, that a bird, as long as the bird is flapping its wings, it's flying. But the moment that the bird stops moving its wings, it starts to go down. We have to realize ourselves that we need to constantly be moving ourselves in the right direction. And if we're not flapping our wings to go up, we're going down. And it's a very important outlook to have because many people just go with the flow. They feel as if, you know, I'm okay, I'm fine. We have to know that there's no such thing as plateauing. In spirituality, there's no such thing as cruise control. Either we're going up the ladder or down the ladder. So God willing, we should use this inspiration to keep going up and up and overcome our challenges life to climb the spiritual ladder and get to the places we want to be. That's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomacom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.